Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. This episode of the Hogan Johns podcast is brought to you by the American Lung Association. Fight for Air Climb presented by United Healthcare. We're doing it and we want you to join us on our team. It's happening Sunday, March 8th at the Presidential Towers in Chicago. The teams from WGN Radio and WGN TV are inviting you to be a part of the biggest stair climb in Chicago. Every year, the team from WGN-TV joins forces with the team from WGN Radio to do this. And this year, we're creating our own Hogan Johns team within the WGN Radio team. So Johns and I will both be doing the climb, and you can sign up to do it with us. Here's what you need to do. Go to WGN Radio events page at WGNRadio.com slash events. There you'll see the Fight for Air Climb listed. You click on it, you find the button to register, and you'll automatically be part of our team. And all you got to do is start training. And why do we do this? Because the fight for clean air and healthy lungs belongs to all of us. You and your team can climb one, two, three, or all four towers. That's 2,340 steps. Sounds like a lot, but you can do it. The American Lung Association. Fight for air climb at Presidential Tower. Hogan Johns. The ultimate goal is to win the Super Bowl. That's on us. You know, we made this. That's what we're striving for, perfection. So, guys, uh, it's a disappointing season. Very frustrating. You can't run the ball. You can't throw the ball. You can't catch the ball. You can't run the right routes. And you can't block it. Given the expectations that we had, I think that everyone had, our fans had. I agree with our guy here, Hoagie Cat. Obviously, they're going to the Super Bowls, but uh, I don't know where they're losing three games. So to go 8-8 eight and eight after making the playoffs the year before, it was unacceptable. How the hell are you supposed to do anything offensively when all that happens? Yeah. I'm hopeful that we'll straighten it out and the guys will return to the level of play that they had in 18. WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns. I think you heard it from Ryan and Matt. Um, I have all the confidence in the world in both of them. They're the reason that we had a 12 and 4 year in 2018, and we regressed in a whole lot of areas. Trubisky to the end zone, and it's going to be picked off. It's Adrian Amos who comes back to haunt his old team. With WGN Radio's Adam Ho, and from the Athletic, Adam Johns. I think we we should be able to turn it around next year. We were 12 and 4 just a year ago. We had the coach of the year, the executive of the year. They haven't lost their abilities, and we haven't lost the talent level. We just got to be able to maximize it better this coming season. Here they are, the Adams. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Personally, I think it was just mean of Ernie to put the Adrian Amos interception in there. Going all the way back to week one, Ernie. Man, that's where it all began, though. Hey, we're flipping the script here. It's 2020. Yes. Time yes, to start. Yes. And, hey, and, hey, the Packers are out of it, too, in case you haven't realized, Ernie. Yeah, they made it a little bit farther, though. <laughs> hey, Bob Dabrowski, though, made the open. Uh, I feel like Bob has felt a little bit jilted. Uh 
by by us, myself especially. But welcome to the open, Bob. I think that's the the first time we've had a caller enter the open. So um, uh, congratulations, Bobo. Yeah, I, I think uh, that might be accurate. I can't really recall every single open, but off the top of my head, but I don't remember hearing a caller in there. So you're you're probably. Uh, correct on that one. And, um, yep, the Packers are out of it. The uh, 49ers really took it to them. Basically, the same thing that happened in November when those two teams played. Uh, I thought it would be a little bit closer than that, but uh, I think a couple things happened. One, the 49ers are clearly better uh, across the board. They showed that, but also I think everything we've sort of hinted at with the Packers all season long about them being at least slightly overrated – uh, came to fruition there in that game. Are we going to talk about Raheem Mostert? Because I think it's almost outrageous <laughs> that people are outraged about this guy, especially in Chicago. I know. I know. I, I'm i not even going to lie. I had to go back and look him up to remember when the hell he was on the team. Like I, yeah. I When that started trickling out on Twitter, I was like, I, I really? And I looked at, oh, yeah, he was. Okay, yeah, he was on the practice squad. Uh, that was not one who got away. It just wasn't. It's, it's such a, a unicorn-like performance. 200 yards, are you kidding me? From a guy who I, I, he set a career high. This is like the most carries he's had since college at Purdue. Just just relax, everybody. Raheem Oster is great story. He's a great story. We'll just leave it at that. He's, he's a great story. The Bears did not miss on this guy. The the Ravens who had him too did not miss on this guy. It's it's a great story. Who ran all over the Packers? I get the angst. Uh, I, I get the the frustration with uh, the Bears. But but come on, just just relax, everybody. Yeah, um, I got a text from uh, Chris Emma who covered Raheem Mostert at, at Purdue, and he said that. That dude was the third string running back on the one and eleven team that he covered there. Yeah, yeah. So not good, there, Adam. Not good. It's like just, just like I, I, I get it's like this recency thing. You see him on national television because I know not everybody like follows other teams as the season plays out, right? You stick with your team, but just for perspective, this guy that everybody loves, according to Pro Football Reference. Had 137 carries this year for 772 yards, eight touchdowns. That's nice. I get it. But it's not like this guy's some marquee back. So everybody relax. This is not the second coming of Walter Payton, everybody. It's just it's just not. The guy had a great week. We'll see if he does it against the Chiefs. But to, to me, what stands out is just the way the 49ers are built. That offensive line is nasty. The Bears do not have that. Forget Raheem Mostert. The Bears couldn't do that with Raheem Mostert because they don't have what the 49ers have up front. And that's the facts. That's that's 100% truth. Uh, welcome in. This is Hogan Johns. And, uh, uh, I'm like all fired up. I know you Mostert. are. No, no this is good. This is good. There's a few things I'm fired up about, too. Uh, and we're going to get it to you here in this episode. Uh, episode 305, 305 of the Hogan Johns podcast. And a quick programming note, um, you may notice here as you're listening to this and found this podcast today, we are reversing, we're just switching the uh, WGN and athletic pods for you uh, during the week. During the season, you usually get the athletic pod on Tuesdays. Uh, we're just 
it's sort of just an off-season thing. There's really no need to go into the details of it. But we're just going to flip it uh, during the off-season here going forward. Uh, part of it has to do with like us reacting to games like this, the Super Bowl uh, coming up here in a couple weeks, and we just thought it would make more sense. So uh, you'll still get two pods every single week, the second one coming on the Athletic app. Uh, and if you don't subscribe there, you should. Um, you're missing out as we have a lot of good content there and we'll continue to the entire off season. So you can go to theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns and get 40% off your subscription there uh, and join us for two podcasts a week throughout the entire off season. That's going to continue. But today's episode is here on WGN Radio, wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple uh, Spotify, Google Play, it's all there for you. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. And please rate and review the podcast. We appreciate those of you that stick with, with us through the off season, And there is plenty to talk about, uh, including, Johnsy, just all the connections here to the Bears in this Super Bowl. Down in Miami, you have... Boy, there's so many angles. I mean, the 49ers are the team that the Bears traded with, with the Trubisky trade. Uh, John Lynch took over there. He's done an incredible job in three years getting the 49ers to the Super Bowl, despite the fact that, frankly, he didn't get much out of that trade at all. Uh, he's made no. so many good moves, but he didn't really turn into anything from that Trubisky trade into uh, a key piece on this team. Well, I, I think that Fred Warner... Um, is, is part of that? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to pull up. Uh, I, I kind of tracked all their trades. I'm pretty he's, much. He's just, I'm pretty sure that's it, though. I mean, if, of course, you include Solomon Thomas, but you know, he could have had Solomon. They didn't really get Solomon Thomas out of the trade. It's just the pick that they were going to make either way. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, I think he's the only guy. He's he's their middle linebacker. Uh, heck of a player. Not not bad at all. Uh, kind of underrated i'm sure he'll get a lot of buzz and a lot of attention uh this week but uh you know being the, the middle linebacker of that outstanding defense but yeah you're right it's like a lot of those at least from from the trubisky trade I, i'm trying to i'm looking for it but yeah they didn't really get a, a ton of uh, marquee performers whatever you want to call it they didn't get a bunch of like pro bowlers it's not like they're so in the super bowl because of that trade is the point no no, no, no. I, well, they had a, a three, I mean, two losing seasons in a row, right? Like, it's it, it takes a while. Like, they, they did it right in San Francisco. Like, they, they bottomed out after all the Jim Harbaugh stuff, the Jim Tom Sulo stuff. They bottomed out, and they, they built it up the, the way you're supposed to. You, you need to lose a little bit to get some better picks, some better players, and you got to hit on those picks on those players. But it took some bottoming out to build this team back up to where it is right now. Well, and a little fortune from misfortune. I mean, let's be honest. I don't know that they're in the Super Bowl if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't tear his ACL last year. It, it, they they were not a good team last year because of that. Uh, well, that one of many factors, but they really bottomed out last year because of that. I'm thinking about the you know that 49ers team the Bears played in Week 16 last year. Um, that was not a good team. They didn't. Who did they start in that game? Mullins, Nick Mullins, Nick Mullins. So and, it, they they yeah. end up getting the number two overall pick. They coached in the Senior Bowl last year. They coached in the seat. They went from Senior Bowl to Super Bowl in one year, which is incredible. And obviously, getting Nick Bosa, yeah, number two overall, have, is huge. Yeah, you don't have Nick Bosa if you don't have Jimmy Garoppolo's torn ACL. That's just the facts. As Chase Daniel would say, that's just the facts. <laughs> 
and that's the facts. That's that's one hundred percent truth. Yeah. So um, it, it's it's quite a story, and the Forty ers to me are the most complete team. Uh, the Chiefs certainly belong there, but they are really there. Uh, not to put it all on Mahomes, but would you agree? I mean, the 49ers are, to me, on both sides of the ball, more complete. The Chiefs are at plenty of talent, but they're there because they're the they're the team that has the outstanding quarterback. Um, that that you know, it's to, in today's NFL, you can win a Super Bowl, you can win multiple Super Bowls if you just have that position figured out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And look, uh, I'm trying to think about how the Jimmy Garoppolo trade went down. Like, because the, there was the, the Patriots kind of held out hope that they were going to retain him in some sense, even though it was just unrealistic. And you know, they tried playing hardball with teams. But correct me if I, I'm wrong. That second round pick, yes, it, it turned out to be like a steal for Jimmy Garoppolo because Jimmy Garoppolo was a second round pick, and yep. you know, like he, he still got the value for him, and that's all it cost, right? It was just that pick. Uh, but that came well after, right? The the Mr. Trubisky draft. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? Uh, it came. The, the yes, timeline. It, it was later that year. Um, yes. But the, well, there's a couple things here, and I'm, I'm I'm glad you went here because you know that was a top of mind for me yesterday morning, and I tweeted about this because I, I get it. Mahomes and Trubisky are always going to be linked together, but um, you know some of us. It, mainly me, not all me, but I was definitely one of the people that even though they had just extended Jay Cutler back in 2014, was saying, you know, it would make a lot of sense to pick up this quarterback out of Eastern Illinois, who to me was a second round pick. That's the grade I put on him. He was available. The Bears uh, picked 11 spots ahead of the Patriots in that second round that year. And because uh, they were coming off that eight and eight season, so they were kind of in the middle of the round. And Jimmy Garoppolo was available there, and I-, I thought it made a lot of sense, even though they had just extended Cutler to get some other young quarterback there in the mix. And instead, Phil Emery, who did he draft? Ego Ferguson. Ferguson. <laughs> yes, eleven picks ahead of where the Patriots took. Jimmy Garoppolo. Now we can get into how things would have been different because that's always kind of a fun game. But what you just brought up is also the case. Uh, the year the Bears drafted Trubisky was also the year that it was very clear Garoppolo was on the market because I think he was going into his last contract with the Patriots, if that all adds up. 14, yeah. 15, 16, he would have been there for three years. So yeah, he was going in the last year of his rookie deal. Um, but you're right. The Patriots are kind of holding out for more. They didn't really want to give them up, but it was an option. I remember columns being written. I think uh, I can specifically remember one from David Hall, I think, that offseason saying the Bears should trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. That should be the move they make this offseason. And obviously, that's not the route they went. They signed Mike Glennon. They drafted Mitch Trubisky, and later that year, it was in the middle of the season, I believe, was when the 49ers dra- uh, traded Correct. for Garoppolo. He ended up starting the final five games and going, went 5-0 and with the 49ers that season. Correct. So I, I, I got the date. October 30th. So a few months, got more than a few months after the, the draft and the Bears had, at least they believed to have found, they believed they found their guy, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, so... Yes, I get that it turned out to be a steal for the Niners, but there were a lot of teams interested in the Jimmy Garoppolo. 
there, 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 there were a lot. And I think the, the Patriots hardball early on in, in terms of what their demands were. Uh, I think it would have cost just, more if the Bears had traded for him in yes, it's, March. Especially, yeah, especially when the draft, because that's when the market's high. Yeah. The market's high. So the, eventually, Bill Belichick had to move on. He found a, a team willing to – I remember reading a bunch of stories on – on the not the logistics, but the anatomy of this trade, and obviously the relationships between these two teams uh, was solid, and it's turned out to be it is the Phil Emery decision not to take a swing on a quarterback to invest in a guy that you know what probably should not have been invested in, especially you know you know given the, the largest contract in team history at that point, it was not a good look. Uh, it turned out to be a very bad look. I, I get that quarterbacks don't exactly grow on trees, but Phil Emery decided to invest in a guy that was already there instead of taking a swing in his own guy. And I wonder if that's a regret, at least for, for that regime. Well, I, and, and again, it was the same year that um, that they put all that money in the Cutler. But I, I, I just thought that, I mean, especially, you know, the local angle with Garoppolo is always going to be like a contributor to why it gets so much attention here, I think. Um, but, you know, it, it's interesting to go down that road. I, I don't, I was thinking about it this morning, actually. Look, you, you just invested in Cutler, so Garoppolo's still sitting. Um, the 2014 season, though, think about that, though, and how nuts it was. He, yeah, Cutler got benched for Jimmy Clausen that year. Yeah, 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 he did. Yeah, he did <laughs> against the Lions. Yeah, that happened. That was real. We covered that. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, uh, if Garoppolo's if, ruining the podcast, Adam. <laughs> I know. Well, I do that a lot. But I mean, so if Jimmy Garoppolo's in the picture, is he starting by the end of that season under? Under uh, under Mark Tressman, I mean, in in a weird way, it's probably it would have been better for him to actually get drafted by the Patriots, develop under Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and that whole group for three years, and then trade for him. Like yeah. I, like I guess the point is, if the Bears had actually drafted Garoppolo in twenty fourteen, you know, I don't know that that would have been the best situation for him to walk into. Um, yeah, I, 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 well, it, it's it's the Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson argument uh, in in a sense again. Like you bring him in for John Fox and Dal Loggins, what exactly are you doing here? Yeah, your your receivers are Cam Meredith and Dontrell Inman. What are we doing here? <laughs> well, and, and that's the reality too. I mean, you, if you trade for Garoppolo, then a few years later, that's still John Fox's last season. Dal Loggins still the offense coordinator, but you are talking about instead of. Mike Glennon and a rookie quarterback that was playing probably earlier than he should have been. Um, a guy that's at that point had played. Remember, he filled it. Garoppolo played in New England because of Brady's suspension. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, yes. you're talking about a guy that would have been more seasoned. And I don't know. It, it, it's, a, it's a crazy what-if game. The point is... Uh, both of these quarterbacks in the Super Bowl could have been Bears. At least that's true. The way I look at it, and that's um, not to you know, it'll everyone the 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 Trubisky lovers immediately get offended, but it it we still it, this is part of what we do covering the team. We talk about decisions that have been made in the past, and um, 
it, it, the Garoppolo thing to me, and this is just me personally because of how much I love that kid coming out of Eastern Illinois and, and, and talked about him, um, that actually made more sense than drafting Patrick Mahomes number two overall. If you think about it in the moment, uh, in the de- yeah. in the decisions and what was in front of you, uh, bringing in Garoppolo, whether it was drafting him in the second round back in 2014 or trading for him in 2017, uh, those moves to me were actually more obvious than what actually what would have been a reach taking Mahomes at number two. Now, obviously, Mahomes is better. There's no question now. We know that. Um, but I also want to talk about, you know, when I tweeted this out yesterday about Garoppolo and just bringing that up, that, hey, let's not forget about the fact that Garoppolo could have been a bear, too. Everyone, uh, not everyone, a lot, I got a lot of responses like, well, this guy's not even throwing the ball for the 49ers. He's not even that good. All right. Don't base. This gets back to what you said earlier about how we're, some people don't actually pay attention to other teams until the playoffs. Um, right. Don't base what you saw the other night as a, uh, a, a you know a conclusion on what Jimmy Garoppolo is. He didn't have to throw the ball the other night because they Raheem Mostert <laughs> was running all over the place and they had a huge lead. They didn't need to throw. This is from uh, our our friend Ben Volan in, in the uh, Boston Globe. Let's just not forget that Jimmy Garoppolo who's being labeled as a game manager, finished the season third in the NFL in yards per attempt, 8.4, fifth in completion percentage at 69.1. Nice. Second in explosive throws. That's a big one for me. Second in explosive throws, 38 completions of at least 25 yards. We talk about that with the Bears all the time, that they don't have yeah. enough explosive plays downfield, especially with Trubisky. So he Garoppolo was second in the league in explosive throws and eighth in passer rating. This guy had a great season. He's a good quarterback, and he absolutely deserves to be in the Super Bowl. And the 49ers do win because of him. Uh, a lot. Not, don't just base everything based off of the fact that he has barely thrown the ball so far in the playoffs. I don't even think he was on the table for the Bears in 2014. I'm trying to revisit yeah. uh, some of my notes back then. and Well, probably not because Emery just gave all the... Here's a 30-year yeah, contract yeah, to Jay Cutler. So I mean, like, like, but not even like considered... You know, like not even like researched. I, I remember being at that senior bowl and talking to some executives and stuff and how they were raving about Jimmy Garoppolo's quick release. Remember he went from the other what, – what what's, what's that? He went from the um, – what's the other bowl game? The Shrine game. Um, he got promoted. Yeah, and they went to the senior bowl. And they yeah. wowed everybody there. Yeah. Wowed everybody there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, the, the, the player was on, on, on the rise. wasn't even like considered. And now you got Eagle Ferguson. I want to bring up Eagle Ferguson uh, one more time, especially in light of the 49ers. Like, like here's another note. Like, everybody talks about, like, they're always going to compare John Lynch and, and Ryan Pace because of that trade, right? So we know Ryan Pace had to completely tear down. Like, he, he was just, like, cutting players, like Eagle Ferguson gone, Will Sutton gone, like old picks of the Phil Emery regime. And, and the biggest acquisitions, Martellus Bennett, see you later. Jeremiah Ratliff. See you later. Brandon Marshall, don't let the door hit you in the way out, buddy. Like, gone. They're gone. He's cleaning house. Jay Cutler, after a couple of years, gone. Cleaning house. The 49ers had to do that, too. But John Lynch was left with a lot more. And I, and I mentioned Eagle Ferguson because you got this defensive lineman, right? Um, you, you thought maybe you had a staple, like like a, a stalwart there in the middle, you know, in the second round. Uh, no. So 
John Lynch actually inherited no. a lot more, a lot more, uh, like starting caliber players that are still on his team from the previous regimes. And, and those regimes were not good. They were bad, bad, bad football teams the 49ers were. Just, I just want to give you some names like Jimmy Ward, 2014, still a starter for the 49ers. John Lynch isn't there yet. Eric Armstead, starter for the 49ers. That's in 2015. Jaquiski Tart, safety, starter for the 49ers. This is in 2015, right? DeForest Buckner, 2016. You talk about this starting defensive line with four first-round picks. Two of them came before John Lynch was there. And one of the, and probably the worst one out of the four, Solomon Thomas, was his first pick. So I, I just want to bring that up just in terms of inheriting more and getting actual on-the-field contributions in terms of, like, starters. John Lynch had more from the previous regimes than what Phil Emery gave Ryan Pace. Yep, uh, that's completely fair. Uh, and he, but he also, you know, played the quarterback situation the right way. Because remember, you know, the, yeah. the 49ers could have definitely made a play for a quarterback there in that draft. It, the same draft. They could have drafted Trubisky. They could have drafted They could have drafted Mahomes. They could have drafted yep. Deshaun Watson. Yeah. That's the part. That's, that's and the instead, thing too. Like, and instead they, they passed on those guys. Yeah, but that because they identified that they could trade for Jimmy Garoppolo and they and they did it. So they passed I don't think I don't think they knew that though. In once the draft was there. You know what I mean? Like I think it came to fruition later that it could be still be on the table for them, but I don't think you pass on a uh, like just if we're going to use the benefit of hindsight right now for, for the 49ers, like passing on Mahomes, passing on Watson, who are both there thinking like, I, I don't, I don't think they knew for sure. I don't think anyone knew for sure that they could trade for, for Jimmy Garoppolo there. I think it's still part of their conversation too, that they passed on those guys. Yes. They got their quarterback situation, right? They had to pay Garoppolo before he actually proved himself in the league. Let's not forget about that too. So they took a lot of risk there. Yeah. A lot of risk there. Um, but well, you're right because on those guys. because yeah, because if they were in love with any of those guys, they probably would have taken them. Um, yes. And by the way, Solomon Thomas hasn't been. I mean, he's kind of just a role player on that team. He, right. He's right. not one of the stars. Still first rounder guy, still a starter. Has yep. some off the field things going on uh, for him, but just just in terms of like the the best pick of the 2017 draft for the 49ers is a guy they actually passed on what six times. Like George Kittle is their best pick. <sighs> Awesome tight end, nasty player, pro bowl, pro bowler, all pro guy. But he was like their their fifth round pick. And how many guys did they draft before him? You know, they always people always bring this up about the Bears. Why didn't they draft George Kittle? Well, you know what? Yeah, the 49ers took him as their one, two, three, four, five. He was their sixth pick of the 2017 draft. So a lot of teams, including the 49ers, had passed on a George Kittle until he landed with the 49ers. Yeah, it's uh, it's. Uh, well, I, I, the NFL, the what if game, uh, it can be fun. It can also just run you in circles constantly um, because so many decisions impact the next decisions. And it's, it's always so hard to connect all the dots to make it all make sense. But the the bottom line is the 49ers are in the Super Bowl. They are a very good team. And so are the Chiefs. And the connections here are uh, are, are crazy. I mean, Robbie Gold is one of those guys, too. Uh just the Andy Reid, Matt Nagy connection, the Mahomes thing. Um, it is going to be another two weeks, unfortunately for Bears fans, <laughs> where um, you know, and, 
a couple teams are are there in Miami and the Bears are not. Yeah, yeah, it's like the perfect storm uh, of teams. I, I feel like maybe the Packers. No, 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 no one in Chicago wants to see the Packers in this game. But just in terms of Chicago ties, the perfect storm of things, the the intrigue, the the hindsight. This is the game that I think is most relevant, like in terms of matchups, that, that Bears, for the Bears, that's probably the most relevant here still, weeks later after the Bears season ended. What's your, uh, do you have an early gut feeling on the game? Um, Niners. Niners, just a, a more complete team. Um, but I tell you what, I feel like the Niners can handle some of the explosiveness of the Chiefs too, like they're they're built to do that. They only have to send four guys at Patrick Mahomes, and I get that. You know, once he gets out of the pocket, that's when he's the most dangerous. It's the Aaron Rodgers thing all over again. But they're, they they just strike me as like just in terms of like one to fifty three, the 49ers are the better team. Yeah, I think so too overall. Um, and I and I think Garoppolo is capable of putting more on his shoulder. Than, than he's had to so far in, in this playoff. And that's what's, to me, so impressive. I mean, the 49ers have won two games very, very convincingly against the Bears' two rivals uh, in the NFC North and haven't even really had to use their quarterback. And I just read you those stats. They can use their quarterback. They can get explosive plays with their quarterback when they need to. So um, I think it's going to be a fun game. I think it's, you know... I, I I hate keep going back to it's the two best teams in the league because I don't know the the Ravens were pretty damn good this year and got upset but um, certainly two of the three best teams in the league and the Chiefs deserve to be there too so it'll be a fun game I'm looking forward to it um, and, and Cal Shanahan's a, a damn good coach yeah and I I think he's also you know he's going to go into that game he may he still be young but he learned a lot I'm sure what happened a few years ago when he was in there with the Falcons and his play calling down the stretch probably cost him a Super Bowl. Um, the 49ers, do you remember that? I mean, there was it, that was so bad and so controversial that it was like, will the 49ers not hire him now? Mm-hmm. You know, but they stuck with it. The 49ers made that move. John Lynch stuck with his gut even after... Matching, matching five-year contracts. This yep. is their third year together. Everybody like like they, they, in terms of like how teams freak out about or, or fan bases freak out about things. Let's not forget how low things were for the Niners. Like like you brought up earlier, Adam. They don't have Nick Bosa. They don't bottom out again last year. Yeah. Well, you know, and I made this comment a few times during the season. Like they, um, to me, in a lot of ways, were like the 2018 Chicago Bears and how they were coming along. Um, not necessarily, well, here's where things went different. Cause I kept, I kept saying like, it's not like they have a, a, an MVP quarterback. Um, they have a defense that's up and coming. They're really winning with their defense, but there's a few differences. Um, number one, I think the most obvious one is they run the football. Number two, rushing offense in the league. And also I think it's very clear that their quarterback, um, is, is better at this point. So, you know, they to me like halfway through the season they looked a lot like the Bears of last year, but they took it to another level, which is why where the Bears didn't make it out of the wild card round in the playoffs, the 49ers are in the Super Bowl and could very well win it. 
Um, so it turned, you know, they, they, they really built this thing the right way. And I think they, they deserve a lot of credit. Well, they have an offensive identity. Yeah. They, they do. And, well, they have a better offensive line, too. And I, I, I get that a lot of whatever you want to call them, the numbers guys out there, you know, running the football, this and the other, you got to pass to, to win. Well, you know what? The 49ers can pass, too. Like, like with all those Jimmy Garoppolo stats that you mentioned earlier. I think I had a, a pass rating over 102, or may have been exactly 102. They can move the football. He's completing 70% of his passes, almost through for 4,000 yards. It's, it's having the rhythm. It's having the identity. It's having the ability to be physical in a physical sport when needed. It's pairing your running game with your passing game and having them play off each other. It's, again, it's having that identity. They established that. This year, week after week after week, and then you saw it maybe explode a little bit in the four, in the NFC Championship game when the Packers just simply couldn't stop. Like third and eight, and you're handing the ball off to Raheem Monster, and he's running for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Like that's just straight power football. But they could do it because they're built to to win that way. They, they they've established something, and, and Kyle Shanahan knows how he wants to use his players. Not everybody's learning certain things. They have a lot of things going that the Bears just just don't. They don't. And you know what? Maybe that takes a third year to get to that point. Maybe your quarterback needs that third year. So we'll see what happens next year in the third year of Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, and Mr. Trubisky being all together. Yeah, and uh, and having George Kittle is a good uh, transition to yeah. the tight end position that the Bears obviously need to um, upgrade this offseason. So um, interesting tweet from Eric Ebron over the weekend. It started with Akeem Hicks, who was at the 49ers-Packers game. He, t- he, he uh, tweeted out a video um, from, from you know showing some of the action in the game, and on it he added, how lit would this be at Soldier Field? And this was retweeted by Eric Ebron with the thinking emoji, which mm. certainly got me thinking. Um, because beyond just the fact that he is a free agent and a, and a pretty good receiving tight end uh, who would s- seemingly be a good fit with the Bears, he also is a North Carolina Tar Heel and knows Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I think there was a bunch of, speaking of, this is also Pro Bowl week, is it not? Yeah. Uh, there was a bunch of pictures of Ebron and Trubisky two years ago. Uh, from the Pro Bowl, uh, they were happy to see each other. Just, just Google them. There, there's a bunch of pictures out there. So, look, I don't know how much interest they had in Ebron. He, he was a free agent the same year that uh, Trey Burton was signed. Now, I think he had to be released, and then the the Colts kind of pounced on him, and it gave him a lesser deal than what Trey Burton got. And you know, Pace was very aggressive right away in signing Trey Burton. So I don't know what the level of interest, or what the research was into Eric Ebron and how he could have um, benefited uh, the Bears' offense at that point. Let's not forget that the Bears called Burton a priority because he has the experience in the Aggie scheme. Uh, because of his level of athleticism and Eric Ebron is productive as he is, he's a bit different of a player. But you know, at this point, all things should be considered because that tight end position for the Bears is an absolute mess, absolute mess. Just in terms of having this offense work and flow through that position, they cannot go into this off season program 
We're talking about OTAs with Trey Burton and Adam Shaheen being your number one and number two tight ends. You, you can absolutely not do that if you're the Bears. Yeah, it's an intriguing option, and it uh, seems like at least uh, some of the players are on board. Akeem Hicks responded, I can hear it now, Ebron. And then uh, Tariq Cohen got in here as well. Where did that tweet go? He just said, come on, man. So, What do you think that means? <laughs> like, come on, over. Come on, man. Okay. Come on, man. Come on over. Come on. Come, come on, man. Okay. Yeah. So uh, it, it's just it's not like, come on, man. No, not like that. Yeah. Not like, <laughs> not like, uh, come on. We don't need you. I don't think, that's, yeah. I don't think that's what it meant. Um, but, you know, this. Oh, like, they, they, they need something like that. He was a pro bowler two years ago. Uh, that's when Andrew Luck, obviously his, his production dipped because Andrew Luck was not there with the Colts. Their whole team dipped because Andrew Luck was not there, so the numbers decreased. I think he was hurt a couple times this year as well. So a lot of things to, to get through on him, but is he better than Adam Sheen? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's all maybe it's all you need to consider. Yeah. yeah. Immediate upgrade. Um but you know the price will matter because you know he's not he he can be a little bit inconsistent. Uh took him a while to develop and um the numbers did go down this year a little bit. Obviously, Andrew Luck not being there um, is part of that, but um, you know that is, that is a factor. By the way, um, I want to mention because the Packers were not actually all that well represented in the Pro Bowl for whatever reasons, uh, but they did just get Devontae Adams, Kenny Clark, and Zedarius Smith into the 2020 Pro Bowl. Now that the uh, you know a lot of Players from the Chiefs and 49ers can't be there, obviously. They well, end also, up getting replaced. I think Zadarius Smith's getting in because Cleo Mack is not uh, going to participate in the game in Orlando. So, yeah, there you go. Um, but those, but are you surprised? I'm not surprised. That Cleo Mack's not going? Yeah. No. Did any reason provided? Or are we just um, trying to figure out? Is it health related, or he just doesn't want to go? Yeah, well, uh, probably both, <laughs> or, or both. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, by the way, though, Devonte Adams, Kenny Clark, and Zedary Smith, if we're being honest, uh, had outstanding twenty twenty seasons and should be in the Pro Bowl at least. So, um, those are some Packers that did get in the game. Speaking of the Pro Bowl, interesting rule changes that were announced this morning that are going to be proposed and executed in this game this week. Um, I have been a proponent of the extra, I'm sorry, the, um, the onside kick idea that was uh, put in as a potential rule change last year and got shot down. I believe it was the Broncos that put it in there, Um, but it's essentially the fourth and 15. We've talked about it before on this podcast. So instead of kicking an onside kick, which because of the rule changes and the way they only allow certain players on each side of the field, you can't have a running start. Getting an onside kick has become very, very, very hard to do. The Bears got one this year, though. Was that against the Saints? Yes. Didn't they? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, it doesn't happen a lot anymore, and so the idea is if you have them line up for a fourth and fifteen. You get one shot to convert it. If you convert it, you keep the ball. If you don't, the other team gets the ball at that spot. So it is certainly risky to do, especially considering that converting fourth and 15s are not very um, 
likely to happen, but you know, I think it would probably still be a higher conversion rate than what it is now with these onside kicks. What's interesting though about what this potential rule change is, um, the two options are to just give the other team the ball at the 25 yard line like it's a touchback. So no kickoff. Just you get the ball. So there's going to be no kickoffs in the Pro Bowl or you keep the ball at your, your own 25 uh, and you go for this 4th and 15, you get one play to get it. So they're putting the, the fact that they're putting this into motion, I realize this is the Pro Bowl and hardly anyone takes it seriously, um, but this is certainly noticeable, or notable as we start to get farther and farther away from kickoffs, and I still believe there's going to be a day where there are no kickoffs. Yeah, yeah, sad to say. That's why Devin Hester deserves to be in the Hall of Fame in a sense. Look, he's not the reason why there's not kickoffs. It's health concerns. But what he did at, at a time, and especially with something that's no longer possible, it, it already changes. It doesn't exist in the same capacity as it did in, for, for the, the early 2000s. It just it just doesn't. Um, sad to say, I get it, but um, it, it is what it is. But to go back to your point about why they're putting these in, in for the Pro Bowl, look, obviously – Somebody wants to see these implemented in, in some capacity. They, they want to test it out in some shape or form. Why not the Pro Bowl? Because right, who gives a damn anyway? Let's, let's, <laughs> let's go see what happens. Uh, let's test it out. And that's just more information for the owners. And they all get together. I think it's in Florida this year for the owners' meetings when you have all these proposals put forth, rule changes. I don't think the Saints are going to raise hell this year. At least I can't see them. But there's always an interesting rule change that, that's implemented or proposed, and, and there's votes and debate and all that stuff. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if some of these come to fruition there, at least get thrown on the table. Yeah, I'm not ready for kickoffs to be gone. I still think it's uh, it's an exciting play uh, and an ability. You know, the even if you're not scoring a touchdown, I mean, the – the possibility of getting the ball at midfield um, is still huge. And you saw what the Bears did this year by putting investing in Cordell Patterson. And all of a sudden, that position goes away. I'm not down with that yet. Um, I realize it's still a dangerous play, but I do think the numbers show that the amount of injuries have gone down as they've tweaked the rules. You can't have those wedge blocks anymore. you got to keep guys on certain sides of the field. I get it, um, and I think that that's helping. I am, however, in favor of the onside kick thing um, because I think it would be an exciting play when it happens and much more exciting than these onside kicks that are also very, very dangerous. So I'd like to, I'd, I'd like to see them take that more seriously this year uh, at the owners' meetings when they have an option to vote on it. But it, it's interesting that this will be implemented in the Pro Bowl this week. The other rule change, I, I need to do a little bit more... Uh, re- this stuff just came out right as we were starting the podcast, so I don't really necessarily know the uh, full motivation for this one, but it essentially allows a wide receiver to false start and not have the play be blown dead as long as gets his feet back set, there's a second before the ball snapped, and then they snap it. Mm, I'm trying to visualize it. Um, Here, I'll, I'll, read you, I'll read you the rule. It, it would not be a false start if a flexed eligible receiver in a two-point stance flinches or picks up one foot as long as his other foot remains partially on the ground and he resets for one second prior to the snap. So again, unless he's like, as long as he's not like moving both feet and starting his route early, 
uh, you're allowed to flinch or move a foot, and the play would not be blown dead unless, you know, as long as the there's another second before the ball is snapped. Uh, a receiver who fits this exception is not considered to be in motion for purposes of the illegal shift rules. I think that's great because you, how many times well, one the Bears motion all the time, and I think a lot of teams motion and or, or I don't want to say the audible, but you know even before everybody's set, there's a lot of pre-stamp motions and realignments and things that go on. And I th- just think this is part of where the game is going. Just watch the Bears game. Just to go back to our original conversation, you don't have to watch the rest of the NFL to know how much the receivers and other players, tight ends and whatnot move. I like it. Yeah, it's just, it's a, it's, I mean, is it a pace of play thing that, you know, a guy can flinch and they can keep the play going? Um, because really, I mean, the whole point of false starts really has more to do with the line play, you know? Yes. Um, with, with, you know, not getting an advantage there. Um, but, you know, they, they're, there's something to be said for re- getting a good release on the line of scrimmage. So, I don't know. It's just interesting. That's the other rule change that they're talking about here with the Pro Bowl. So, um, I'm not going to watch the Pro Bowl, but maybe you are. Enjoy. <laughs> I'll watch maybe some of the skill stuff with my with my kids. That's That'll be about it. Is that on? That's earlier in the week, right? The skills yes. Yes. They, they delay it. You know, having covered a Pro Bowl, I know they, they tape it and they delay it and whatnot. So, um, yeah, and they tell you not to tweet and all that stuff. So that will be going on this week. Embargoed. Um, all right, anything else? Uh, senior Bowl is going on this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not covering that for the first time in a long time. So um, actually since last year, it's, uh, yeah. Um, uh, no, no thoughts. <laughs> uh, probably not. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I just, you know, it's an important part of the the scouting process. Uh, it, it really is. Uh, but it's also part of, like, the assembly of coaching staffs. And right now, with the Bears already making all their moves prior to going down there, they won't have all these guys running up to Matt Nagy and, and you know, trying to talk to him about jobs and whatnot. So that that's good. Uh, you can focus on some other things. But uh, I, I like Justin Herbert. I don't think he's going to be there in the second round. Well, I, I, Jalen Hurts. And for talking about quarterbacks, I don't think I'm really sold on him being a second-round pick option for, for the Bears. I think you have other issues to address. But, yes, I think you need to take a swing on the quarterback. Everybody, everybody knows the Bears need a tight end, so that's going to be on the board in the second round. But just in terms of quarterbacks, I know Jalen Hurts is down there, you know, garnering some buzz because of, you know, his success at Alabama and his success at Oklahoma. And he's got the dual helmet going and all that stuff. But... I don't know. I, I'm not too sold on the guy. At least not right now. Yeah, I mean, my early impressions on Jalen Hurts, and this is just you know just going off all the games I've seen him play. Uh, not really hardcore studying him yet, but I will. He 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 kind of to me is is just somebody that you. I, he's not going to be exceptional, but I also don't know that you want to overthink it and dismiss him because yeah. he's he's played a lot of games. He's experienced. He's a winner, and he's and he's got talent. So, um, I, well, a, let me clarify what I was saying. I, it's not that I'm not sold on him. I'm just not sold on him being a second round option for the Bears. Does that make sense like, to you? Like he should I be get later. That there's two trains of thought here. You know, quarterbacks have their own draft, and there's a draft for everybody else, and they really move the needle in draft rooms. 
just for the Bears, I don't think uh, a player, just based on what I've seen from the guy, I don't know if he's the right fit, especially in the second round. Yeah, we. I mean, we have a lot of time here in these coming months to talk about that. Um, the quarterback certainly going to continue to be part of the, the discussion. Um, but it, it part of I know what we'll, what we'll end up talking about is if you're going to take a swing, shouldn't you do it earlier than later? Um, because the chances uh, of uh, hitting on that swing are, are higher if you go in the second round rather than the sixth round. Which is fair. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, there's this. But is he really worth the second round selection? I, I guess if he turns out to be the guy, yeah, that's why you trade up to number two, right? To, to take a swing at him. Yeah. But you got all sorts of other needs. Yeah. That's just my thought. And, and an example of a guy you might be looking at later is, is Steven Montez from Colorado, who. Uh, big arm, lots of size, uh, can make plays with his legs, but inconsistent all over the place with some of his throws. So I don't know that that necessarily solves your problems either, but that's what you're getting if you probably wait till later on in the draft. So um, it'll be fascinating looking at all that over the coming months. And the Senior Bowl is kind of the unofficial kickoff to draft season, even though there have been, there were, you know, the trying game was going on last week and things like that. But the Senior Bowl gets the most attention, and uh, that's where the most talented players, uh, at least the uh, – of the, the seniors, older guys, yeah, yeah. the seniors, um, because the the guys who are have not graduated yet don't get to play in these games, and those are actually, quite frankly, the most talented players that are in the draft. But um, it'll be fun to follow this week. Uh, as for us, uh, we'll be back later in, in the week, continuing to uh, preview the Super Bowl. We'll see if any other news pops up or anything like that. Um, I'll be heading down to Miami next week for a few days. So we'll have some more content from you there. And, Johnson, we might as well let people know it's a couple weeks away. But you and I are going to be hosting a show on WGN Radio on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to have a lot to get through, my friend. And revisit some of the themes from today. <laughs> so uh, in addition to the podcast you get on Super Bowl Sunday, you'll be able to listen to us live on WGN Radio from 1 to 5 as we... Uh, We'll, we'll bring everything that we can from Miami and get you ready for the Super Bowl and this matchup. Uh, and hopefully not harp too much on the uh, quarterbacks that got away from the Chicago Bears. But um, it'll be fun either way. We hope you join us again later on this week, too, on The Athletic. You can get us there, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You can still subscribe if you don't already. 40% off there. Those that do already, we appreciate you doing that. You can find us on the Athletic app later on this week. All right, Johnsy, good stuff. See you, man. So this is my first time ever doing this, so, yeah, don't give me too hard of a time.